But uh, I think the challenge forever will be for us to be able to uh, keep our priorities straight in, in what we believe, what we're doing, why we're doing it, our motives, um, the outcome that we're wanting in our community, how we're touching people's lives. And so today, um, I'm doing my very best not to say one thing to attack or say anything derogatory. That's not my intention. I, I'm going to ask you questions today that hopefully will make you think about uh, what each of us are called to do and to be as Christians today. And uh, I've, I'm so thankful for having everyone here. Jim, I want to say it's great to have you today. Uh, Jim is a good friend of Scott's, and he has, was here to make sure that Scott made the catfish right last Saturday, or last Tuesday. Uh, and so I'm <coughs> thankful today that he's here to check up to make sure I do a good job now, too. It was excellent. It was excellent. And I thank everyone for being a part of that. Um, so Matthew 22, I'm going to have John read this, start it. Matthew 22, 37 through 40. This is a very familiar passage of Scripture, but maybe one phrase in here that you don't always think about. And so I'm hoping it'll be uh, a good starting point today. Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Everything is built off on these two things, loving God and loving people. And that's why my question today was, what are you hanging your doctrine on? We can put a lot of effort and time, and we should, to, to learn scripture and to know it. And um, we could be um, certain Holy Ghost proud, I'll say, to be able to know and feel like you can find your way through the word of God about what you believe about one true living God, what you believe about baptism, what you believe about different topics in, in scripture. And, and well, we should learn those things. But but if they're not hanging on the most important, and that is that we love God with all that we are, and we love people equally so, then we're missing, we've lost our priorities in trying to be the best church we can be in our community. And so that's kind of where I'm going today, just as a nutshell. Um, uh, Debbie, read Matthew 28, 19, and 20. Another very familiar passage of scripture here. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. Amen. 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 So the most significant question might be today when we talk about the church here in Chelsea, is this, are we meeting the needs of the people in the world around us? That will always be the great question that we wanna ask ourselves every day of our lives as we try to serve the Lord and live for, live for God with our whole heart, to be in tune with God, to want the best. And um, 
the, the problem with this is that you can ask a lot of people and they'll tell you they need money, <laughs> right? They need you to fix their car. They need you to do different deeds and actions. And I'm not questioning that, but I'm questioning is that the outcome of what the Lord wanted us to do in order to meet people's needs? And so this is kind of an encompassing Bible study today to get us just to think about how am I going to help these people um, and, and, to, and to be a blessing and to be able to see a church grow and develop seeing people one to God and being able to live for God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's what we want. We want people to really live for God. I don't want to just be another church in town competing with the local church down the road. I want to be a church that is significant, that has purpose, and that is doing something. And that's why um, I believe the Lord allowed us to be here. I believe that's why the Lord has you here, because this is a great group of people that can truly impact our world with this thinking. Amen. The vast majority of people who pass through these doors probably, in their point of view, maybe that we've missed the opportunity to meet their need. And so we have to find out today what Jesus meant by loving people and what is a quick fix to a lot of people's problems. Now, we give money to people. We certainly do. Um, I'm just like you know, the apostles in Acts 4, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I unto thee. <laughs> we, you know, we don't always have the amount that they would like, right? right. Um, sometimes I have people come and ask me for money, and I say, you know, I'm going to just have to offer you what I have on my wallet, <laughs> which, you know, I don't operate by cash very much. And so it's, I'm limited on what I, what I have. But, but if I can help them further, there's a great things that I can do for them. And so we have to find that, that continuity between our community's needs and how we're going to meet those needs in, in their lives. Think about this today. The city and community all around us of, of what we call lost sinners, meaning that they haven't got a relationship with the Lord, are, are not here to make us significant or to fulfill our needs. But Jesus said that we are here to meet their needs. That is a vast difference of thinking, isn't it? So the really important question is, are we relevant uh, to our needy community that we have around us? And um, relevance is defined today as significant or something that is demonstrable bearing on the matter at hand. In other words, we, we hear to be good listeners is very important. And then for us to act upon, good morning, y'all, to act upon people's needs may be a greater, uh, your wisdom of how God operates, your wisdom of what the Word of God says, your wisdom about what would be best to help them, their will may be different from what their immediate need is in their point of view. And so how do we, how do we connect those two? How do we help people in order to, to help them through the, the dire 
the desperate of the moment and get them onto a road to be able to help them make steps where faith and obedience and God's power in their life changes everything about their life. Make sense? Um, it's possible that we are trying to scratch a niche that the world doesn't need scratched. <laughs> In other words, we, we are offering things that they have no relevance. They can't understand how possibly this message could possibly help them. That is the challenge of the church today. And so I'm careful. I'm, I'm not saying we aren't doing it because we're bad. No, 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 no. I'm telling you that this is a problem that, that could be preached at our general conference this year. I mean, it's relevant in every one of our churches because we have to find that place where we can meet the needs. So I do want to say that there are, there are things and activities and projects, programs that work here but don't work here. Uh, and that's why, because that I believe that we are searching for that method and that way to help our community to, to be a church that is really significantly changing and helping people. It may be that we need to get involved with our school system, I don't know. Maybe our Boys and Girls Club will be an activity that we can finally, if the Lord will allow us to open that door. Maybe it's that we need to get with our seniors in town. Maybe we need to connect with all the funeral homes and be the very best free service to help people in their time of need. I don't know, maybe we need to offer and really push home Bible studies and start finding out that every one of us here could, could actually offer them to people we know and rub shoulders with. There's, there's many, many ways that we can do this. And so, are we relevant to the needs around us today? Are we able, we have services and I think that we do some good things here. I feel like we're trying to give a good balanced word of God to give people hope and give them, give them strength. I feel like we have a church that is very friendly and able to go up and talk with people and, and let them know that, that they're interested in them. Um, and so this Bible study isn't going to give you the answers today. I'm, my hope and prayer is it's going to give you a desire to pray about it, examine the ways and things that you can do that allow you to still have your job still have your requirements and responsibilities of life and still be able to um, have a venue, a method whereby we can reach our community. Somehow the gospel and all of its power, and the Bible does say it is the power of God and the salvation. Right. Somehow it's possible that it can be lost in translation. I, I understand that concept being over in, in Europe and those different countries <laughs> where I, I'm clueless and don't know their language. Yeah. And they just barely know English. And we had to, you know, I relied on my Google translator. <laughs> yeah, I did. Because I, I could not speak their language. And so we, we understand that they don't, we don't want to lose uh, the ability to touch people's lives. What, Kevin Erickson, what did you do when you were in Europe in order to connect with people? 
I thought about that. I said, because I feel like that's important because I don't know their language. So I don't know what their needs are directly, but I know that the gospel is powerful. I know it can help them. And so what did I do? Well, number one, I smiled a lot. Uh, I was interested in them in that I listened. Again, I already told you I couldn't understand everything, but, I, but usually we had you know, a translator or my Google phone around that could help me. I went to, um, I was in Moldova, and the gypsies, I just had a connection with them. I, don't, I can't explain it. They just, and, they, and they invited me to their summer um, picnic they had. They had all their families from Gypsy Mountain. And, and we went to a, a site that had uh, fireplaces and a, a few camping tables, you know, picnic tables. And uh, there must have been 75 people there, at least. And they, you know, I'm thinking these people aren't going to call in, you know, order in Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> They're not wealthy. You know, the average income for a man is only about $240 a month. Yeah. If they have a job. And so I watched them come in, and I mean, they had these huge, I mean, I mean, they looked like an, an oriental um, uh, walk, you know. And they built fire and stones, and they set that thing on there. And they they brought in all these parts of animals. <laughs> you know? I was not there. <laughs> I'll let you fill in all the dots. And uh, man, they they fixed some unbelievable food for everyone. Yeah. And uh, but so I I used the translator. I smiled. I listened, and we talked about things that we could talk about yeah. about God about how good God is. And I asked questions about their history, about, you know, families and things. I mean, you know, you're looking for avenues to, to be involved with people. And I know I'm not telling you anything you don't know. I'm just hoping that the Lord will help us today too, to be all that we can be. The message can get garbled when we aren't somehow letting people know that we care. The problem isn't the gospel, it's, it's my method that, that can separate us from what people really need in their life. People don't listen to the message because they don't see that God and his word can solve their problems. So my question today is, how do we get the word of God, the love of God, to be able to... to be transposed or transitioned into people's lives where they begin to have hope. I, I've done some Bible studies with people that were clueless of Scripture. They had no background, right, of religion. They, they knew what their grandmother believed type of thing, they thought, but she was dead and gone. And uh, they were living lives of just filling their fleshly desires and going through life, you know, like so many people do. And... But I, I began to show them the word of God, and I, I, I would never say dumb it down, because I don't mean to be disrespectful. But I'm saying I, I took a very simple topic and built on that with, with, with illustrations and stories. And I found that those people could leave those meetings with, and with a, a newfound desire for God to do something in their life. 
So don't, Lord, don't let me be too intellectual today. Not that I could be, but, but, but don't let me be, uh, use all my religious words and terminologies to validate who I am. But let me approach people today by who they are and how much I believe God wants to touch their life. That makes sense? People become alienated from God and his word. And then they become alienated from one another. And then they become empty, alone, and ultimately they feel unloved. That's the way the enemy works. God does the opposite. God loves us first. And then everything filters down. He teaches us. He gets us around people of like precious faith. He involves us in, in something that is noteworthy, bigger than ourselves. Amen. The world isn't listening. 57% of unchurched people in the world today, it's, it's said, consider religion as just barely important in their life. In other words, not really important, that they would change them, but they're just, they recognize that religion is still important. But 91% of those same unchurched people think that the church is not sensitive to their real needs. And so 57% said they believe that there are doctrines that are right that the church has, but 90 one percent said, but they don't feel, they don't care, they can't touch my needs. So emotion is something that the world is needing because ultimately people need love. Here's another fact just to throw this at you. Now talking about church people who say they believe in God. 74% of Christians today claim that the church is not sensitive to their needs. This, when you say the church, what do you mean? Are you going to lay that all at the pastor's feet? Or, no, or no, I'm talking about, work? and this is this is all of, can I say Christendom, anyone who believes and says they believe the gospel, whatever their doctrine is, yeah. is not equated in this. This is just a Christian poll of a Christian magazine. But, so I, so what we're saying is, is, um, we as a, as a body, as a, as a team today, are going to influence our world. I could teach, and but if I don't teach the love of God connected to doctrine, then ultimately you could leave here and say that only my doctrine is important and all those other heathen that don't believe it are going to go to hell. Right. And that would be a pretty, pretty poor representation of the, of the church. And so our goal today is I'm trying to encompass how important love is in your life and also what you share with others is everything. And then doctrine will follow love. But love doesn't necessarily follow doctrine. Does that make sense? When God's people struggle with their own emptiness, they become unable to really minister to others. If I'm going through a battle, what I'm very, it would only have to be a very, very, very select group of people that would somehow commiserate with me. 
right? That I could even possibly talk to. So, when we're out of touch with the love of God, of, what, of how God cares so much that he wants to invest his all in people, then we can no longer, we have, our tools are minimized in our, tool, in our Christian toolbox, and we can't use those things to the fulfillment of what God wants us to do. Let me go in and prove this now to you. And, and so we, we believe, we behave, and we love. God wants us to, to love, to believe, and behave. So the difference between the Pharisees and Jesus were that Jesus believed correctly. He behaved correctly with all people around him. And all because that he loved correctly. And so today, my whole goal is to talk about the love of God. What is, what is your doctrine hanging on? It's the, it's the love that we have for God and the love, therefore, that I can have for others around me. Jesus linked love for God with love for people when he said these two commandments are the, are the primary, significant, and everything else, all the rest of the law is hinged upon these two things being the required purpose and focus. And, and it's love that is attractive to anyone who has a need. This is, the, this is the hinge today that I'm trying to bring to you today. If I'm expecting people to come to our church because we have a great program, we have great sound, we have great technology, we have great music, and of course we have a great preacher. Yeah. <laughs> 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 we, therefore, we're going to save our city. Well, not necessarily. What we have to do here is we have to develop... Um, this incredible awareness and awakening how much God is investing in us. He loves us. He believes in us. So we can carry that confidence outside. Don't you love children who can come to school at an early age and say, my dad's bigger than your dad? <laughs> the, the idea that, that they have such significance at home that they can take that and transfer it to a world of, that no one knows their dad. Amen. So the love of God must be expressed through God's word, but it can only be expressed through his word when it's experienced in reality in a human heart. So in other words, we could have uh, 500 scriptures on the wall in our church building, and that doesn't make us any more spiritual or effective. We've proven today that sin is abounding in our world, and yet we have incredible technology, and uh, I have you know, nine Bible translations on my, on my iPhone. Yeah. Well, what's that, what's that changed? Well, nothing. Yeah. It's only when I experience that word right. that I can touch someone else's life. Yeah. Yeah, um, uh, Susie, catch Romans 5 and 8. <clears throat> Everybody doing okay or am I killing you? You're stepping on my gold toes yeah. over here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
All this people talk. <laughs> well, it, it does get better. I hope so, because there's very little. How do we get funny. out of this? How do we get out of this? <laughs> the end, I'll say, beat me up, Scotty. <laughs> All right, uh, Romans 5 and 8. This is the principle of love. I believe that God wants us to see today. That that love goes first. Love simply means that I, that I care. I, I may not have all that the assistance that you need. I, I can't fix all the problems. If I could just give five million to each program in Chelsea, we'd have a better community. Well, maybe, maybe not. Depends on how it was used. How it was and how it, how it affected the needs of the people. We do the gospel injustice when we place all of God's desire in a human's life to remove sin only. If we don't see God doing much more before that, that love is working long before anyone is ever forgiven. If you could even look at your own life, we, we can't, it's hard to go back and remember, mm -hmm. but to think that God was dealing with me yeah. and loving me and showing love and, yes. and yeah. kindness to me long before I ever made a move toward yeah. obedience to his word. Right. Because the Bible said he loves the sinner. Yes. If, if we, we, and we, we throw this out and flip it if yeah. we don't mean it, but, but I mean, uh, God loves me no more than anyone else in this right. community. And so when we understand that, but we understand that we can become laborers together with him and, and we, can, we have the ability to take his love and to share and give it to others, that becomes a powerful uh, tool in our lives. A church will never grow beyond its capacity to meet needs. That's, that's cold and hard, but it's true. And so... We see influx of people, we grow because it may not be a program uh, with some of our limited finance and things we have here, but, we're, but hopefully we're doing what we can. And, and we're gonna look for opportunity. And, and when you come and say, you know, Brother Yeah, I, I heard about something going on in our community coming up, uh, would it be an opportunity for us to invest in people? Well then, we need to look at that. Yeah. We need to be involved where we can be involved. So our world needs a relevant, vibrant body of believers who will serve as a shelter in the storm, a refuge from the pressures of life, a sanctuary of hope where hurts can be healed and spiritual needs can be met. Literally, I'm saying love has got to push us to buy an ambulance today where the ambulance can go out from here and go to where the mishap and the accidents are and the hurting is and to be able to say, we care. So I'm not promoting a program today. I'm promoting you as Christians who love God, who love people, to be able to say, are you aware of how important you are to this church, to the kingdom of God? Not because of how much money you have, not because of your education, 
but because of the ability that you have that you can become interested in wanting to see good in other people's lives. The shortest verse in scripture, what is it? Jesus wept. Got it. And did you know, though, of course, that was what Jesus did when Mary and Martha were weeping over the death of their brother Lazarus, right? And, and, and the Bible said that Jesus was moved by compassion when he saw Mary weeping for the loss of her brother Lazarus. But did you also ever connect this next line that said this, that the Jews were saying, behold, how he loved them. How we love them. You know the saying we say this. Oh, yes. That's that's how I feel when I think about how God loves me. Amen. Yes. We're bringing out qualities today in this church. We're talking about things that God wants us. I believe He wants us to know and and perceive and and value these things. Now, all of us have problems we're having to work through. You, I'm, I can't, I can't wiggle my nose. Not even the Lord said He was going to do that. He's going to help us through them. We have a prayer life. We have, we have the people of God, encouraging us. We have a, a ministry that is teaching and, and preaching messages that are to challenge us. This church is powerful in our life because we perceive value in the church. But, but for us to go out to a world of neediness. They don't perceive what this church can offer. I've found people that I'm not even sure they knew this was a church. You know, we're gonna we're gonna change that by by the help of the Lord. So, people don't care how much we know until they care how much we care. So, the question was asked a ministerial group one night. What would you say was the first human crisis in the Word of God? 30% of the ministers stated that it was conflict between Cain and Abel. The other 70% felt like it was the fall in the garden. And then the leader of that meeting said and read at Genesis 2.18. Elaine, catch that one. Genesis 2.18. Man should be alone. I will make him and help. I will make him and help me for him. The cr- first crisis was God realizing what man needed not to be alone. Adam lived a perfect in a perfect world, the Garden of Eden. He possessed everything he could want. The Lord gave him everything. He even had an exalted position of being the the dresser of the the, the garden. He was it. He and Eve could walk with God in the cool of the evening. what What an incredible relationship they had. He enjoyed an intimate relationship with God. He was created perfect, but Adam needed things in his life that he had to obtain through what God provided him 
and we have to see that today, that we have a great church, but, but of itself, by itself, there are other aspects and facets of this that God wants us to connect with in order to make us all that we can be. He had physical needs, he had spiritual needs, and he had relationship needs. I don't need that church. I can get all that on my own. I don't know. You, you may be falling short on part of that. Because all that God gave was so that those three facets could be made and Adam could be completely whole and live a, a life of victory and overcoming and, and have a heritage that he would have sons and daughters and would grow and and would populate the earth. Biblically, we're incorrect when we say all that I need is God. I don't mean to be ugly. I'm not saying God isn't everything. But no man is an island. And and what happens when people get off get get mad at the church or or are hurt or have problems in their life? What do they do? They isolate themselves, thinking, I just need time to heal. You couldn't be more wrong. Right. Right. That's right. Um, uh, Rachel, will you get Matthew 26, 38? This is Jesus speaking here. It's right after Malachi. <laughs> Just being a wise guy. Just being a wise guy. <laughs> I'm sorry, Rachel. I'm picking on you. <laughs> Jesus himself needed people. We, we could say, well, Jesus, you don't need us. You can go to the Father, your prayer. But the Bible said here that he needed his friends to be with him in the garden, help him through it. Um, uh, Cedric, are you going to do one for me? Sure. Okay. Uh, Matthew 22, 39 and 40. <laughs> 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 Malachi! <laughs> 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 what was <this> <laughs> I'm sorry. Rachel, please forgive me. I, was, I, I didn't mean to. We can take it. <laughs> Matthew 22, 39 and 40. And these two commandments hang all the rest of the law. Love God, love your neighbor. John, 1 John 3 and 11. 1 John 3 and 11. Did we get 1 John 4, 21? I want to 
these next three verses, I want to just talk to you and, and just listen to these three verses that we're about to read here. 3 and 11, 1 John. For this is the message that ye heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Okay, then verse 14. We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Okay, then John 4, uh, 1 John 4, 21. And this commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God love his brother also. These three verses, to me, connect what we just got through reading. And the second is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Here the New Testament connects commandment one and two together. Love God and love people. And it says they both are necessary. And everything else will, will literally make sense, fall in place, be obtainable in our life when we understand that those first commandments, love God with everything, your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Um, um, Susie, catch 2 Corinthians 1, 3, and 4. I love this verse, uh, verses, and I refer to this a lot to help people. 2 Corinthians 1, 3, and 4. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. There it is. So today I'm not promoting a new program. I'm not saying that we aren't doing enough. I'd like to get to where we have and do more for outreach. I'd like to keep working on getting some Bible studies going. I know it will help us. It'll help us, it'll help them. It'll, it'll just make the church that much stronger. But I understand today that I'm talking to people that, that love God, that want the best in your life. Yes. And you have to realize today, my strengths are when I'm fulfilling these two commandments, I am becoming all that God wants me to be. And I don't need a program to do this. I just have to go to my job Monday. I just have to go and to Walmart or, or whatever I'm doing with my neighbor. And I just have to invest in them and, and show love for them. So many parts of our walk with God involve my brother. The absence of brotherhood brings inner disconnectedness. It brings emotional isolation, and it, and it brings relationship or relational alienation. In other words, we, we try to do this alone. The Bible simply says in, in Hebrews 12 and 6, For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. The, the key to this lesson today is love must be first and then the Lord can meet the needs rather be correction rather be encouragement rather be answers to needs and we're the church that's supposed to 
understand this principle that that God loves me. Therefore, he's working in my life. And I thank him for all that he's doing. Problems in the home may need uh, special attention at the time when we're talking about children that we need to spank them or whatever you whatever you deem necessary to bring correction on a child. Typically, our boys were different in how we handled each of them. And uh, thankfully today, they're still alive. <laughs> um, church involvement, activities for all ages, groups and missions, time to interact with one another. These are all important things that the church has and does. And thank God for every time we get together, whatever the occasion. But, but realize today that the hurting world today may not come in and enjoy our incredible time together that we have on Sunday morning. But first, we're going to have to go out and invest in them. It won't be necessarily, we're not asking you to, to turn in your 401 and give it all away because you know, that's the only way we can reach our world. On the contrary, I believe that God is going to help us to be interested and invest in people. Um, sometimes we had a woman, is it yesterday? She came out of the house? Friday. Friday. Out of the blue, um, a woman pulls into our dooryard and she said, I'm your neighbor. And I thought, well, I Awesome, I just didn't know I had another neighbor. And she said, yes, she said, I'm just through here through the woods. <laughs> Over here, I'm in a, in, a, in a trailer. And she said, I've been wanting to meet you all. And she came with vegetables and things that she picked out of a garden, and it was so nice. But I'm, I'm thinking, dear Lord, let me share my green beans. Yeah. Well, you know, what, let me do whatever I can to touch people's lives. I thought that was a commendable thing that she did. And um, we'll, we'll try to drive down that road and see that there are some trailers back in there. <laughs> we're, we're reaching a hurting world because that we care, because we understand that love has always got to be first. First is the love I know God has for me, and then the love that I have for God's people that may be in this church or may not be in this church, but God loves them today. Amen. Just a few more thoughts. You all okay? Yes. We have so much to offer this community. God's word is powerful. But it's powerful when people can see God's word working in your life. Not to correct them. Not to tell them anything that is to require them to change. But to offer them simply today the love of God. A place that you know is a sanctuary where people can find love. I know that the people that come to this church are going are gonna to come and are going to talk to you. They're going to be thankful that you came. And if there's anything we can do to help you further, I know that we want to be that people. And that's the attitude I want us to have in reaching our community. When we dream about the church we want, we must not lose sight of the purpose and steps that it will take to achieve it. I have to change today. Not that I didn't love people before this Bible study, but I'm just saying I'm feeling like God wants me to examine myself 
and see what I can do to, to reach out further, to, to be a, a little bit more available, a little bit more time to invest in others, a little bit more able to, to, to meet their needs. We have to see today that when we invest in others, our needs will be wrapped up in us helping their needs. Our answers will be found in others' answers. My fulfillment in God will be met when I help someone else to be fulfilled. That is the focus of this Bible study today. What is your doctrine hanging on? Bless God, we're better than that apostolic church down the road. Well, that's not going to get us any worse. And Romans tells us that we shouldn't be judging others lest we ourselves fall in the same condemnation. We're here today to set the bar high. Not for other churches, but to set the bar high today because we understand that that uh, we thank God for every person who comes to church, but we also look at the opportunity of how many more we could impact through the week with all the things we normally do and we could touch their life. So, any thoughts, ideas today? Well, I've been praying for, uh, specifically for compassion. And um, God is so good. <laughs> He works things out of me, and he's been trying. I'm a little slow, and it's hard to get. He has to give me confirmation. And today, I mean, confirmation over and over. I woke up this morning with love on my mind. And, and, and the specific thing was, the word for today is love. Yeah. And, uh, and I kept thinking about loving others, and I looked up the scripture, and this is the scripture that's still in my my search was first Peter 4 and 8. It's from the Amplified Bible. It says, Above all, have fervent and unfailing love for one another, because love covers a multitude of sins. In parentheses, it overlooks unkindness and unselfishly seeks the best for others. Awesome. And, and that was my thought this morning. And then I come into church and you and it's just it's history. It's like, okay, God. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I do love people, but I really do want to be that that love from God that you know that helps people to understand that He is alive, and I want to show that. Very good, our excellent. Our conversation you know, we had this morning, working through stuff, and uh, it's that you know you you settle down on on what's what's kind of going on or what's the underlying current, and it kind of comes back to a. Things may not be going like you want them to, or at your pace, or at your speed, or at your, and you're, you're trying to do the right thing, and you don't know where to influence here, where to influence there, or when to do this, or what, or should I? You feel like you, you need to, to say something or not say something, and then we settled on the whole, you it's know, love. just love people and show them that you care about them, and if 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 I don't know, <laughs> you know, God definitely knows more than what He's doing than I sure know, so. Then if you settle on love and caring about people, then God he, he does the rest. Amen. Amen. Yeah, Rachel. So a lot of times when we're talking about love and it feels a little weird and all those things, but it's not necessarily an emotion. It's more of a commitment to care. Right? Exactly. Right. Yeah. Excellent. Just like 
that scripture said that the they're isolated because of their sin. Well, I've had conversations with somebody I work with, and they'll say, out of all the churches in town, yours is the scariest one for me to walk into. So I said, well, is it the haughty, haughty spirits and the, you know, the lifted eyes, or is it the emotions that are shown during service? Yeah. And this, the emotions don't scare them. The praise don't scare them. It's the, you know, the high spirits and the haughty spirits and, you know, um, how they would feel when they go into some churches. And I know what they're meaning, because even being in this kind of church, I know what they're talking about. Um, and I try to assure them that that's not the case in this church. Um, but, you know, there are the, they're sexually deviated or they're financially deviated or they're um, socially deviated and or hygienic deviated. And, you know, they know their own sins. They know what's keeping them from this place. But if we can be committed to caring for them, right. no matter what, that's right. they, they don't care, like you said, how smart we are or how much word we know. They don't care about none of that. Right. They care that yeah. you care where they are in their life. Yes. And, you know, we talked about going to the gym recently and how I was stared at because I was just walking at a pace on the treadmill. I stayed on that treadmill for four hours, and I burned 3,500 yeah. calories, which is a whole pound in a day, because I just kept at it, but it didn't keep all these looks at me, and all these haughty spirits staring at me the whole time, pointing and laughing and making fun of, that I could see in the mirror behind me, you know what I mean? So it's yeah. like, the gym's not a place for a fat girl, right. and they yeah. feel that way about church. Church ain't a place yeah. for a sinner. Right. Because of those same looks, yeah. because of those same feelings, right. um, and I've never been back there since then. By the way, <laughs> because it's not how much you know or anything; it's how you make a person feel yeah. that they're right. going to remember. Yeah. Very good. And Very then, good. You know, also on the flip side, that I've been part of that seventy-four percent of the Christian people mm-hmm. that believe that the church could care less. Yeah. You know, you've been strong in the church, and you you've been there for so long, and then you start falling off. You know, whatever. Um, get into a place where you're not quite as strong and it's like all of a sudden nobody knows you. I've been with them all these years, but no one knows you because they think, oh, they're falling off the wayside and they could care less. And you've been there all those years, so you feel like someone should care. Right. And then, like you said, you isolate because you wanted someone to reach out and they didn't. So we have to be careful not to let people just fall off like, well, that's their choice. They had the Holy Ghost. They should have known better. No, they need people too. And people always make mistakes. We're not here because, just like we don't go to the gym because we're skinny, we're here because we need to constantly be on the right track and us together help that same track. Yes, that's excellent. Yes, Susie. Yes, sir. Amen. 
It is our it is our own healing salve. Yeah. Yeah. We invest. Listen, we can be wrapped up in all of our programs and times and seasons that we do, all the expectation of what we've done last year, we've got to do this year and probably better. Uh, but, but all that is not the important thing. Right. The important thing here is that we are, is, is that we are on the right track of, of wanting God to be able to work and move yes. in this church and have freedom yeah. in people's lives. Yes. And, and um, yeah. I, I appreciate the things we do because it gives us, you know, the, what were the three things in, in Adam's relationship? purpose and the spiritual and, and God gave him all three of those in the garden yeah. and um, a church has to try to uh, have that same thing we need to have a spiritual way people can grow in God we need to have a relationship we need to be connected with people doing things together but we also need a third we need to have a purpose we need to have things that we do together things we accomplish because working side by side is a great healing um, when, we're, when we're doing things together. Um, that's why I haven't always been necessarily opposed to peanut brittle. You know, I mean, it, it put us all in the same room and uh, we worked together and then we, you know, it was something that was good that touched our community that people enjoyed. I'm not saying it's holy. I'm just saying it was, you know, I found it to be something that everybody could pitch in and, and be involved. We had our sellers, we had those that, uh, different things. So I love what I'm hearing. Anybody else today? Yeah, Brother Erickson. Yes, uh, Scott. Uh, I didn't wake up thinking about love this morning. But it kind of dies in, you know. I got up, my back was hurting, my yeah. hands were hurting, I got arthritis. And I was thinking, Lord, why do I have to hurt like this? You know? And I thought about Paul. And he prayed three times for whatever physical ailment it was for him to go, and he said, My grace is sufficient. I realize that we all face adversities. Everybody. It doesn't matter if you're the best Christian or the worst sinner. Everybody faces adversities. And we're going to face adversities because the Lord told Paul that I'm giving you adversity so you won't get to thinking too highly of yourself. Amen. And you know, we, we when we come to the place of, okay, we have to trust God for this because I'm not mad enough to do that anymore. We realize that everybody around us has has problems in their lives too. And it yeah. kind of keeps us grounded, so that we can love people. You can't love people if you think you're better than them. Yeah. Oh, I don't mean that to be a downer, folks. I'm just saying. No, no. He does. he does. Well, I think you know Rachel bring up a, a great yeah. many points, but one of which I picked up on was this love that we are to offer in this balance of of feelings versus mm -hmm. commitment. Mm -hmm. 
And certainly, I know that we, uh, you know, the Bible said that he, he had took joy upon him. He endured the cross, despising the shame, knowing that it would bring about salvation and fulfillment in so many people's lives. And, and that commitment of love is, is sometimes a cost. It is. Yeah. And um, Jesus told us that we have to take up our own cross and follow him. We have, to, we have to commit ourselves. but And, and some people are easier to love than others, as, yeah. as you all know. But but our goal is to be able to say that I I am going to let love be what all that I do, who I am, my doctrine, everything is going to hang on. This love, I, I know that God loves me, and I know that I can love people. And I'm going to commit myself to that. Yes. And I think um, as you have that in your heart and your mind, you can take this wherever you go, yeah. and you'll be able to influence and touch lives. Um, yes. But you're always going to have to balance, how do I show my love? Yeah. Yeah. And be careful not to get so into it. Yeah. Yeah. You so want to help so much that yeah. you're putting yourself yeah. in place of like, danger or yeah. um, you know, risk or something. You have to have a balance. Amen. I, I know I need to be better. I can let people fall off the back of the wagon. Sure, for a period of time after that, 
she still is right there for anything that I might possibly need. She takes care of me. You know, and I know she don't emotionally feel like that sometimes because. <laughs> Well, we're a room of different personalities, yeah. different ages, different upbringings, different thinking, different education, different all the variations. And thank God, God has a church exactly like that. Because, um, and all I can say is that if I ever am dropping the ball on someone, just talk to me. Don't think I should know. Because I, I can, I can mess up. And I, I know that, and I, I don't mean to, and I'm, I, that's not my intention, but I, I can, I can, and I, yeah. I know, I'm thinking of Rebecca today, I, I want to do better with Rebecca, I want to follow up with she, and, and, and these different ones have come, because it's not that, like I don't want them to come back, I want them to be right. here. Yeah. Sister Betty. What do you do if they ask you a question that you should know and you don't? My neighbor came, brought me stuff out of his garden, and he asked me, he said, when we get to heaven, will we know people, will we recognize them? And I don't know if we will or not. I hope we do, but yes. I don't really know. Marriage won't be quite the same. <laughs> oh, I know that. <laughs> She's talking about what you don't know. <laughs> well, I want to know is if you're going to kiss your husband when you go to heaven. Yeah. That's a pretty tall order. That's right. 
I wish I could give you all the answers. I, I, I'm, I don't know. Yeah. I've never heard a message that would answer everything I want to know. But, yeah. but I know that this love thing is really powerful. It really is true that the commitment our Savior made to have a, a church in, in 2023 in Chelsea, Oklahoma was immense. And it was because that he believed in all of humanity. He loved the world. And, and therefore, Lord, let me just examine people and circumstance in a new light in my life where I could be available, if at all possible, to touch a life to help someone. And I'm, I'm praying that way more and more every day. Lord, let me help someone today. Let me touch someone. Yeah. That simple prayer, I don't even know who. And I just, I just committed that when I with people, I can talk to them, I can look at them square in the eye, I can smile, I can, I can be interested in whatever they're talking about, and I will start there. And I'm just hoping for the opportunity to go farther. Well, thank you all. I feel like that this was something I kind of wanted to share today.